You are tuned in to WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston's community radio station. And you are joining us today for WBCA Producer Spotlight, the very first episode of the show, with our very own producer, Michael Reyes, of the show The Tape Deck Hour, which you can catch every Friday night, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. How are you doing today? Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, first and foremost, I got to give a shout out to Boston traffic. It's the worst in the world. <laughs> it's the worst in the world. There's so many things you got to go through, trials and tribulations just to get here. But, you know, I'm, it's like going home and I'm coming to my own home. And this time I got a guest. Oh, I'm the guest. Guestie. Whatever the hell you want to call it. But I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for doing this. I'm Not a sure, problem. sure it's a little bit disorienting to have, you know, those tables turned on you. But... Oh, God. Like I said, I feel like, a, like an episode of SBU Law & Order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the one-way glass and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so where are you from in Boston, or are you from somewhere else originally? I'm originally from Lawrence, Massachusetts, mostly ran by Dominicans, Puerto Ricans. It used to be a 50-50, but now I'm mainly mm-hmm. Dominicans. Um, I'm part of, like, rare Cubans that you see around there. I think it's a total of 24 Cubans that I— interacted with living in Lawrence all my life. So yeah, Lawrence, Massachusetts, the place to be. And do you still live there now or have you moved into Boston or where are you now? Right now I'm in I'm in Boston. <laughs> and here we are. And here we are. Yeah, so how how did you first get involved with Boston Neighborhood Network and WBCA? Oh, um we could go back back into time. It all started around twenty eleven. Um I was actually doing a I was helping out my friend. He was doing a video, and I was just one of those guys in the background. But behind the scenes, I was just clowning on everybody between the director and the models and the dancers. I was just being that pain in the butt. So I came across this lady, and she thought I was a comedian because I had her laughing also. So, like, have you thought, are you like a comedian? Have you thought about doing stand up? Like, no, I'm just, this is my my character. So, like, you should come to my show and, um, just, just talk a little bit about yourself. And I'm like, I have nothing to talk about. I'm just a guy helping out my friend. I'm going to school and I'm just scraping by. She's like, no, just come. So that lady ended up being Britt Johnson. And she had a show currently um, called Boss Lady News. Hmm. I became a guest and we were just talking just to talk. And then I just came again. And, you know, I every couple of months she would just call me in just to like do like a, a, a fill in the gap per se. So I just asked her, look, if you need somebody, I don't mind coming down here and, you know, be like a, a little backup. And she's like, yeah, I could use you. So it became from being like a backup a couple of months. And then she just had me there permanently and became a co-host. So I became part of the team after 2011. And we've been rocking ever since then. So over 10 years. Wow. Yes, yes. Um, she knew me before I had hair on my face. So. <laughs> Wow. And then, so from there, how did you then get start to get involved on the radio side of things at WBCA? Well, I'm a, I'm a music maniac. Hmm. So prior to that, Britt and I, we were doing like little underground radio stations outside of the city. Um, it kind of be, it kind of gave like a, a, a podcast vibe. So I guess we were doing podcasts before it became podcast. We would just talk. You know, it was supposed to be a music show, but we did more of the talking. So we were just vibing mm. off the music. I mean, we were vibing off, off our conversation. And she was always into, like, the music scene or the radio scene out in Boston. But, you know, she's more like the camera girl. So she prefers TV. But she was on me the whole time. Like, you should do the radio. You should got, you have a voice for radio. And through all my life, I thought just, like, my voice annoyed me. Because every time I hear my talk, myself talk, I see myself on video, I hear my voice. I'm like, 
I, I apologize to all my friends. Like, I'm so sorry for sounding like that. She was on me for like almost a year to like just try out the radio station. And I just backed out, backed out. And then like later on, I just gave in. So I took all the information on how to like audition or try out, however you say to for the radio station. And, you know, tried it out and I got picked. And I, I fell in love doing what I do. So, and it, it became it became an, an awesome experience. And I love doing it. That's great to hear. Yeah, how long then have you been doing the Tape Deck Hour for? Um, it's been three years now. The Tape Deck Hour was on wow. for three years, you know, and it, it was crazy because right right when I was starting to get the rhythm on how to like you know work around with the radio, I I had everything all planned out on you know the radio station. I got comfortable by like my fifth episode. I had plan I had plans to have artists, bands. Like I had everything planned out, and then this little thing called COVID happened. <laughs> And then after COVID happened, I yeah, it just like died out, and I didn't hear from anybody. And, and I felt like it was just, it, it died out. Yeah. So COVID hit, stopped doing it, and ended up having to just try to figure out what the heck I'm gonna do with myself because I was stranded in my house. And you know, if you lived through COVID, you couldn't go out to anywhere, you couldn't do radio, yeah, couldn't do anything, couldn't go TV, no bars, no clubs, no, no travels, fun. no fun. You just held hostage at your own home, you know, not doing anything, and. You know, I think after the following year or year and a half, you know, we got back into the rhythm again. And I ended up coming back to the tape deck hour. And, you know, it, it's been, you know, you, you learn a lot. You you learn a lot, you know, just the the, the the way you get to be comfortable on the mic. You you learn that mistakes is good because I catch myself doing a lot of mistakes. But then the good thing about mistakes, you learn from it. Right. We're all, all always learning. Yeah. <laughs> every day is a learning experience. And just when you think, you know, you got everything narrowed down. Now we have a camera here, and now they're looking at me as I talk on this microphone. So now I'm learning another, another, another instrument towards this little radio thing. Yeah, it's sort of coming back around to TV where you started it. Tell me about <laughs> it's all it. All one loop. It's all going around in full circle, but it's dope. I love it. I love it. It's great to hear. I guess for those who who haven't listened to the Tape Deck Hour before, do you, what's your elevator pitch for? What your show's about, what you do on it, what people will hear. Well, ironically enough, um, the tape deck out when I first started, like, the whole idea behind it was two things: just give you that air, uh, that that good '90s era music, hip hop, R and B, and then between that, I'll just bring artists, local artists. Because I'm very, I'm very a, a big believer. If you're a local artist, you should like support your own, not mm -hmm. only just with artists, just anything you do, whether you're being a little entrepreneur store whatever the case may be I, i'm very big on just look um supporting your local artists and serve for your community but as much as like i, I become such a hip-hop head there's more to me than hip-hop so once in a while like i just go real left with it so i'll just put something very obscure that no one would expect that i listen to so i'm a sucker for 80s music especially one hit wonders hmm. so i might surprise you with rockwell or <laughs> or marquito just something just off the wall um, you know, um, I have a Cuban background, so mm -hmm. once in a while I try to throw like a little bit of Cuban music out there, just a little Latin flavor, just from the Cuban genre. Um, one of the things that I've been lucky was able to network with a lot of people from Florida. Um, just recently I had a couple of artists from Florida. They actually came towards the station. I was able to interview them and it was a, it was just an awesome experience because prior to that, this artist who I interviewed, shout out to, um, to fame. He was the first artist that I had on my show, 
you know, when I was trying to get artists to interview, he was the first one that interviewed that that was able to interview on my show. But that was through Zoom. Fast forward, right about a year and a half later, he comes to Boston, and before he does anything towards whatever he has to do, whatever promo room, promo run he has to go through, mm-hmm. he came to my station first just to like show the love and show the support, and he was very um. He showed a lot of gratitude towards me and vice versa that I was able to support him when he first came up. And now he's doing a lot of major moves. And I'm happy for him. Well, so he's from Florida originally? Florida. Him and his um, him and his friend um, Vegas, two artists from Florida, they had a, a little promo run to do out here. And before they did anything, they came here to the station to That's just great. Support, support what I do. It was one of those things, you know, paying it forward. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Are there a lot of, I'd imagine, a lot of local Boston artists that you have on your show? Yeah. Um. I had. I mean, like I said, I had a lot of Florida artists, which <laughs> that was that was like a a, a turbo did itself. Cause my main thing was to bring, you know, New England artists and people from Massachusetts. But a lot of people from Florida show me a lot of support. But as far as local artists, I have a lady by the name of young lady by the name of Jelena. She won an award last year in the Boston Music Awards for Best Latin Artist. Um, I had an artist by the name of Zyla Rain. Um, she has a real big buzz in New York right now. They're playing her music out there. And it was funny because when Zyla Rain did my show, she was the first one that actually like, did a drop for, for my radio station. So I wasn't expecting mm. that. Um, one of my my biggest accomplishments was um, having Melly Mel on the show. Wow. So... That was an experience within itself because never would I thought the guy who wrote the message would be able to give me an interview. And he showed a lot of love, um, local artist terminology. I had a few. I had a few. Yeah, th- those are some great people to have on. How yeah. do you how do you get in touch with them? Is it just all kind of through, you know, you know, per, know a person who knows a person? Knows or? a person that knows a person, me being in the right place at the right time. Um yeah, a lot of ambition, I'd imagine. <laughs> a lot of ambitions, you know. And these are people that, you know, they wouldn't, you know, excuse me. These, these are the type of individuals they hold. I mean, they, they their names hold a lot of weight and hold a lot of status. But I guess me being the person I am, kind-hearted person, coming from a good place, just ask a simple question. I guess like the equivalent of asking a girl out on a date and shooting <laughs> a shot. You know, I'm going to ask this question. Hopefully you show love. Hopefully not. But for the most part, a lot of people that I, the people who I ask to show up to the show, and try to see if I could get a couple of minutes of their time to just have a good interview and play their music. They they all showed up, so I've had a good luck spree on that. That's great. Yeah, I mean it's it's all about you know ambition and trying and seeing what happens because otherwise, how are you going to know? Of course, yeah. You know whether you're promoting some kind of entrepreneurship, artists, a lot of um, political figures, um, college professors, just things that you wouldn't see me do because I'm so used to being a music head. But there's other things that interest me outside of music, so. Just stuff that happens within my community, um, things that happen within my culture. Um, one of the things mm-hmm. that I've been doing is a lot of activism involving Cuba. I come from Cuban parents, and my parents, they um, escape communism. So I try to bring a lot of awareness on what happens in that island. And I've been having a lot of a lot of artists within the show. Which reminds me, now I've got to backtrack. I had a Grammy Award winning artist on my show. <laughs> oh, God, I, I forgot. That was one of my major accomplishments. Also, outside of Melly Mel. Um, Who was that? He goes by the name of um, El Funky. He's a Cuban rapper. Hmm. He won a Latin rap, He won a Latin Grammy Award last year. Wow. Song of the Year. Um, the, the, name was called, the name of the song is called Pate Vida um, in Spanish. In English, I mean, I'm sorry, in English, that's called Homeland in Life. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a song bringing awareness to what's going on in Cuba, all the corruption, the political awareness, and 
<laughs> a lot, a lot. But I was able to have him on my, on my show. He debuted his recent single that he had right now. And that was a really dope experience because I'm like, yo, I just, I just saw you at the Grammys last year. And now <laughs> you're here doing my underground show. And, you know, we he, we talked behind the scenes. And so one of the things he told me, he was just very appreciating, very grateful. Because one of the things he wants to do is, like, talk to an American audience. Mm-hmm. And I was able to give him that. Cause his 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 main base is is the Latino audience, mainly Cubans and Cubans in Florida. So he wanted to get outside of that and come to my show and just give him that representation. So I was happy to give him that. Yeah, it's definitely so important. And what do you think... Being on, you know, BNN on TV and WBC on the radio, what do you think is kind of special about this community platform for getting out messages like that? Um, like I said, like um, um, it's very important first and foremost, and the fact that I have the platform that I have to bring awareness to, towards my community is very important. And just using what I have to use the 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 power for good. The power for good mm-hmm. to bring awareness to what goes on because, I mean, the thing with Cuba is very sensitive to me. You know, once I hear the story of what my parents went through and my grandfather and even my uncle, they were the first ones to leave Cuba. Um, I can't say leave. They got escorted out in the yeah. nicest way I could tell you. And you hear all this other stuff that they went through and then you come across other Cubans that they all went through the same misery and the same story. So the fact that I'm able to bring that kind of awareness, and not only that, I'm able to bring people from my community to come to my platform to share their stories and to share, you know, the experience and whatever trauma they went through through my platform. Because it takes a lot. You know, a lot of people, you know, when they deal with that system, they try to bury that. But now what happens when you bury that kind of problem, you know, history repeats itself. So you won't be able to tell people what's going on. So they think it's all like rosemaries and, you know, Bought, um rum and soda and Cuban cigars and 1964 Chevys. You know, it's deeper right. than that. So the the fact that I have all these people in my community come to my platform to tell their stories is a wonderful thing. Yeah, because it's the sort of thing you're going to hear bits and pieces about somewhere else, but you're not going to get the full story. You're not going to get, you know, your unique story anywhere else, really, than someplace like this. And one of the things that I've been screaming off the top of, the lung, off top of my lungs and also... The thing that people from the community keep saying is, you know, listen to the people that experience that kind of system in their stories. Because what happened is you have a lot of people that go to Cuba as tourism. They go there for two or three weeks. They become like, you know, they infatuated with the with the with the with the culture and the lifestyle. But they go to the pretty side of Cuba. They don't right to the to you know the tourist the, sites. They don't but... get the chance to witness the the poverty and the oppression and the brutality that goes on the other side. So, you know, just listen to our stories because it's it's a hell of a story. I'll tell you that for a fact. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, I mean, do you have any advice for somebody who, you know, might be interested in, you know, getting their message out there, maybe being on the radio, maybe coming here, but just generally, you know, sharing their story? What would you tell to somebody who's trying to, you know, build up confidence to do that? Well, first and foremost, um, try to have, I mean, in order to, to do that, you got to have the confidence. Just reach out to anybody. I mean, you can reach out to me. You can reach out to the people that I work with. Um, again, it's very important to not only network and to tell your stories. Don't have any fear to tell your stories. And if you got to go through something, you know, do it. It's very simple. I know it's kind of hard to get that that courage. And it's also kind of hard to, to face that fear because we love, so we live in a world that people, as much as they claim to be, courageous a lot of people they tend to be very timid 
Definitely. They're shy or they're scared. Um, I'm learning that also from the new social media network era that we live in. Um, a lot of people, they prefer to just like send messages and text you and just talk to you from like a distance. Hmm. And they're not really big on, on confrontations and, you know, confronting these individuals, what the case may be. But whatever courage you have, just do it. You know, you have nothing to fear but fear itself because, you know, close, a close mouth doesn't get fed. So it can be hard to be courageous, but you have to start somewhere because, you know, that's that's what courage is. I, I, it took a lot of courage for me to do one or two point eight tape deck. <laughs> it took me a year. It, but, you know, I think it's one of those things that once you build confidence and you got the right people giving you the confidence to push you, um, you, you get used to it. And you're going to have your haters or whatever the case may be. But, you know, you're not here in this world to be like, you know, you're going to have the people that like you and you're going to have the people that don't like you. But mm. find the courage. Like I said, I didn't want to do. You know, it's very weird. Like, I like doing podcasts. I, at first, at first, I love doing the podcast, but I hate doing the radio. And I thought it was the same daggone thing. It's just one, <laughs> you have to play music. <laughs> right. And, you know, you have to edit yourself because, you know, Big Brother's watching you in the other room. So. <laughs> but, yeah, but, I mean, you said you spent a year being ner- nervous about starting your show, but then here you are three years later still doing the show. So, obviously... I, I assume that you're enjoying it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The fact I get to be around. I mean, gee, I, I give Brett so much of a headache. <laughs> Bleep his name by the same one here. But I give that man so much of a headache. But I love him, man. Glenn. Every, I, I had so much of a support system between Glenn, Brad, Britt. You know, I'm still trying to have Britt on my show. You know, once we get that situation situated. But it, it's just so much fun. The fact that I can, like, control the boards. And you look at doing something professional. And, and you, you get to learn the boards, you get to press all these buttons, you know, you get to rock on the mic. It's an awesome experience. And, you know, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It, it's, it's dope. Yeah. I, even the fact that the tables are being turned and I'm the one being asked questions this time around, I, I'm loving it. You know, um, I, I, I love the fact that I'm taking the time, you know what I mean, to do this and you get to know me and be able to do this. I mean, anything that I could do to support 102.9, I'm here for it. Yeah, and thank you for doing this. You know, the first episode of the WBCA Producer Spotlight. Big big honor for you. Look at that. I'm the debut. <laughs> big honor for me. I'm the debut, baby. You hear that? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, after being on WBCA for a couple of years, do you have sort of a... Do you have a favorite part of your show that you always love doing? Um, yes. Um, I do this thing within the show. Two things. One... Just playing local artists. Like, I love hearing, like, people around my area just for the fact they have a drive. They have a, they have a, um, an ambition. They, they have a dream, you know. And it's like they, whatever they, they could do to, to, to get their music heard, you know, I'm, I'm willing to serve for them and start from scratch. You know, I'm sorry. I'm able to serve for them, serve to them, if I'm saying mm-hmm. the word right, you know, <laughs> if I apologize. But, you know, to, able to help them out with their cause and you know, just just play their joints. And I'll be honest with you, some people have great music and some people, you know, I play, they have some terrible music. <laughs> but they have that drive and whatever I might not like, that next person might like. Not everything is for everybody's listening ears. So I'm um, I'm I'm able to 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 do that for them. And I always have this thing on the show when I get a chance to I like to play um I do this little trick I do with the music where I um play a certain song. And then once the song is over, I play like the original version of where it came from. Hmm. Like, like the, the where samples. the samples the from? The samples, yeah. 
So I do this thing on the show when I can every Friday. Well, not every Friday, but when I get a chance to, I get infatuated with like the, the sample, where it came from, and you know, try to see where they did the cutting and the scratching or where they cut the part of the song. I enjoy that. Because even people that heard my show, they'll be like, oh, this song came from that song? I didn't know that. And, you know, you have a bigger, not even bigger, a better appreciation where it came from. So, And then it was so funny because I tend to be, again, I tend to be such a, a music hip-hop head. That's one of those things outside of the 80s one-hit wonders that I put for you. Right. I'll go somewhere else with that music, and I'm able to appreciate where that comes from. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, people are going to learn all kinds of things from listening to your show, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll tell you a funny story. I had an episode I had an episode where um, I was trying to play as non... I was trying to play as non-rap music as possible, so mm-hmm. I was just all over the place. And then um, I went left with it, and I played um, this group, Steel Pulse. And Brad heard me, he like... You play Steel Pulse in your music station? Oh, my God. <laughs> I love Steel Pulse. I'm like, hey, look. <laughs> it's not just what hip-hop would mean, right? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, you know, why you do this is to introduce people to new things and kind of show people that you don't have to just like one kind of music. You can show people all kinds of things and topics. Yeah, yeah. And it's good to just get away from your your own, your, your little comfort zone. Yeah, because then... I like, I like get away from my comfort zone. Yeah, because then when you, you go back to the music you're more used to, then you, you start to appreciate more things about it, new things about it. Yeah, yeah, mess around. But the next episode, I'm going to probably play Les Miserables or something <laughs> like that. Play some river dance and really yeah. cool everybody. Yeah, you can ne- never get too out there. <laughs> hey, look, prior to that, I did an episode. I'll, do, I'll give you another episode I did. I, I was trying to see if I could go like as clean as possible. So um, I did an episode where I was trying to, like, was trying to play the, the pop rap. Per se, so it wasn't mm-hmm. too hardcore. It wasn't too crazy. So I had like old school Will Smith and '90s MC Hammer, like just from that era. And I remember by the time the show ended, I played um, what the heck did I played? I played the Wizard of Oz over the rainbow, <laughs> and I played. I went through this thing. I ended up playing um all of, uh, um the Wizard of Oz over the rainbow, Oliver Tw- Twist, anything, and I think I played Annie Harnack Life. <laughs> But, you know, certain people um, heard that episode and they're like, what the hell was that? But the reason why I played that, I I um, I um, played that, you know, in tribute to my old um, theater teacher. Hmm. And she passed away during that week. So when I took theater class, those were the plays that I did when I was younger. So I was able to be exposed to that. And ironically enough, I don't know if it was like the universe or what the case may be, but I remember that year. Okay, so I did Annie. That year, whatever year it came out, I think I was say when we did the play, I think it was 98, 99. Okay. I remember I did um, Annie in 98, mm-hmm. and then like a month later, now I'm not joking, like a year later, um, I hear the Jay-Z's version, Hard Knock, Hard Knock Life. Right. I, did, I, I heard that. I'm like, oh, look at, what a coincidence. Fast forward a year later, it's all coincidence. A year later, um, we're doing Oliver. And then a month later, Jay-Z debuts this song called Anything where he samples Oliver Twist. <laughs> so it's like he's copying you. He must be somewhere in Andor here in our theaters and he said, I have to take this. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's just, it, it, it was just very, it, it was just funny that that it, that was all like coincidental. But um, like I said, I like to go left sometimes when I play my music. So um, I, I might give you like a little theater thing. And like I said, probably by next week, I might give you Les Miserables and Riverdance or 
um, in the Heights or something like that. So. Yeah, you, you can never be too sure. Expect the unexpected when you hear the tape deck. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know that you did used to do theater. Was that kind of your your first creative outlet before coming to TV and radio? Oh yeah, during my younger days, um, well, my younger days, like I'm like 45 or 50 years old. Back in my days, <laughs> when I was um, before I had hair on my face, I was uh, no. Um, when I was a kid, like you know, I wasn't really the most athletic in what I was decent in basketball, but I know I wasn't getting a scholarship out of that. But I was so much of a class clown. I had so much energy. I didn't know what to do with it. So my teacher. You know, him and one of my other friends back in the day, um, he took me to like this. Um, he wanted me to try out for this theater mm -hmm. in the next town over. And it was for the Wizard of Oz. And I remember like one of the things you had to do, you had to sing. I could have sing worth a squat. And I'm like, oh, and he couldn't sing worth a squat either. But we're like, okay, what, what are we going to do? So I remember my teacher during that time. He like, look, even though you guys can't sing, you're going to fake it. You're going to fake it till you make it. And we had a music teacher, and he tried to help us carry a tone or something just passable to make sure we made the, the play. And I was just always fascinated with that kind of stuff. You know, I'm, I'm very big on theater. And I'm just trying to expand with a lot of things, you know, between the radio, the TV, the podcast. I'm dibbling and dabbing in film. Um, I'm, I'm back to doing spoken words again, which I was happy about because I haven't wrote anything like in five or six years. Mm. So it's just trying to like, I guess the equivalent of how to ride a bike when you do <laughs> when you're back on stage. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like it's it's really in in your blood to you know be an entertainer, be a performer, and it's great that you have had all these outlets, WBCA among them, to you know showcase that. Well, I found out too. We had, there's a lot of hidden talent on my mom's side of the family because I found out my uncle was an actor. Mm. out in Mexico, and he did a lot of commercials. Wow. Sounds like it really is in your blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I recently found out that uh, my grandfather was in the old documentary because he, he played a lot of Cuban instruments back in the day, and he was um, in this documentary that had my grandfather in this band, and he was playing the instruments out there. Wow. Yeah, we're that. It's so interesting, but unfortunately, we're we're almost out of time on the show. Oh, jeez! <laughs> it goes by so fast when and you're it, having fun. It was fun. just getting good. <laughs> I was just getting started. We'll have to, you know, we'll have to have you on again for a sequel. Oh, we gonna have part two. But before we go, do you have any last messages that you want to share to you know anyone out there who also has you know something in their blood to perform, to create, to entertain, but might not be doing it yet? If you, if you believe it, you could achieve it. So you know, just go for it. Life is too short. You know, especially after what happened three years ago with all the shenanigans that everybody was just passing away. If you got a dream, you know, just just go for it. Don't let anybody hold you back. Learn how to network. Um, learn to be around the right people. Have a good team, positive people, positive energy. And and luck, too. You got to have some kind of luck, too, because just being in the right place in the right time, you, you, you never know where it could get you. And um, most importantly... You can catch me every Friday from 6 to 7 <laughs> on Fridays at the Tape Deck Hour, 102.9. That's right. Every Friday, 6 to 7 p.m., Tape Deck Hour with Michael Reyes. And you can catch me with uh, with Britt Johnson at BNN, Boston News. Yeah, you can you can see him everywhere. Yeah. And th thank you so much for tuning in. This has been the WBCA Producer Spotlight, the very first episode. I'm Tommy Shenefield, and this is WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston. Boston's community radio station.